0: We have been spending time in what we have called Messy Church for for lack of a better series title. And tonight we're going to not not necessarily hone in on that, but I thought that we would maybe make a connection tonight with church and what it should look like and certainly one of those things that, that makes it a special dynamic place. Unlike any place else in the rest of the world. And then how the church, that's you and I, represent this body as we go out into the highways and hedges, the byways, and and compel people to come in. So if you have your Bible handy, Psalm chapter 40, let's look at it for just a moment. Psalm chapter 40. My first year as youth pastor at Campus Church was back in 1988. That was my first year as the, the youth pastor. And I had finished about a year of youth ministry. So I was just coming up on the conclusion of one year. And a teenager came up to me and a teenager said earnestly, they said, hey, Pastor Redland. I said, yeah, yeah, what you got? And they said, have a question. Um, Do you like being our youth pastor? And I said, yes, I do. And why'd you ask? And they said, oh, good, because sometimes you don't look like it wow, at one year, that was really valuable for me to hear. Because I think I had become, you know, early on, really consumed with the events and the work and the activities and the job that I really forgot about two things. Number one, who it was that that I was representing and the people that I got to represent him to. You know, for me, it had really become, in a sense, about the job, the work. And I got to make sure that this gets done. And I, I got to make sure that they don't do this. And, and I have to make sure that this is all in place. And, and I got so connected to the work that I really forgot the why of the work. Who it is that I'm representing and, and to whom I am representing him. So I started to think about this this evening, and it's a sing evening. So we did a lot of singing tonight, and and then I thought, what what connection does that have to what we've you know done with messy church? So your Bibles are open to Psalm forty, verse number one. the The authorship is ascribed to the Holy Spirit, and the human pen is ascribed to David. So ver, verse number one: I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit. Out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and establish my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Now, certainly, we could, I, I suspect, preach on the whole passage we just looked at and beyond, but we're gonna hone in tonight on verse number three. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Okay, so I just started to walk through this and say, okay, what does this have to do? Because we're, we're doing a lot of singing tonight and we're opening our mouths. And so what does this passage have to say to people just like us? Well, the first thing that I notice about the psalmist that's recorded here is there was something vocal about what God had done. There was something first of all, something vocal about what God has done. Okay, he has put a new song in my mouth. This means I'm actually going to express something. There is something that has to be said. You know, you can talk all you want about the fact that well, we we just have to be kind to people, be nice to people. I know, but but to ever bring them to the conclusion of the gospel, that has to be vocal. There's something new about what God has done on our behalf because of the gospel. And there's a vocal aspect to this. So there's something that proceeds from our mouth that says, hey, let me tell you what he hath done. Um, For quite a while, in fact, for several years later on in our youth ministry, we did something that was was just an opportunity for praise and we called it, I declare. I declare, because the psalmist said, I declare the things which he hath done. Okay, I declare. You know, that's a good Southern expression right there. It's good for us to vocalize the things that God has done. But that's not all he does. First of all, there's something vocal about what God has done. And then look at number two. There is something visual about what God has done. Visual. Okay, so, hey... um, Now, I have the wonderful little window right now of most of you, your eyes are right here at at this pulpit or at me. It's really quite interesting. Like if you've ever preached from this pulpit, you know that most of the time, nobody's looking at you. They're all looking beyond you, above you, to the side of you, but nobody's looking at you. Okay, so I have this wonderful privilege. Most of your eyes are right here. So I'm just going to enjoy it for a moment, okay? Okay, so I'm looking at you, and you're looking at me, and do you ever just... How many of you like to study people? You look at people. How many of you just like to... Oh, lots of us do. Okay, do you ever do that at the airport? Are you ever... Do you ever just sit there? And Now, I know we're so distracted today. Hey, this is for free again. We don't have time for much free, and I've already shared a lot of free stuff tonight. But, But, you know, it's okay to not have anything like to do other than just sit and observe. Like we always feel like we have to have something going, something that we're looking or flipping through or engaging, it's okay. And by the way, a good time for that, this is again for free, but a good time for that is even before church, just to engage with people, to interact, or to think, just to pause and reflect, prepare your mind for for thoughts, So so sometimes it's good to just not have anything but but I don't know observation around. And we look at people and we see them. Can you tell if someone is generally pleased with life at that moment or or disappointed or frustrated or angry or or late or can you tell? Can't you tell a lot of things by just observing? I wonder if our lives are carefully observed, what is the visual aspect of what God has done? Now remember, lots of people have preached wonderful messages, myself excluded, about this passage. But he hath put a new song in my mouth, many shall, we would assume he would say, hear it. But he says, see it, see it. I I enjoy watching people visually demonstrate that God has done great things for me to be able to look at a person and actually see visually there's something about that person that captures or arrests my attention this is something observable this is not a point that I put down but I did jot it down and that is you could say there's also something I said visual but there's almost something viral about this he says many shall see it wow this has gone viral Like, whoa, the the lots of people, I mean, this is noticed not just by one person who is this casual, oh, oh, I think I spotted. Many shall see the things that God has done. So there's something vocal about it. There's something visual about it. And then I think there's something visceral about it. Visceral. Okay, visceral has to do with this, this deeply emotional aspect of something that I am now observing Okay, so for me, there was something vocal. There's something visual that's supposed to be about us. But when a person observes this, there is something that happens inside of them, this emotional, visceral response. And here the Bible says that many, now many shall, shall see it and fear. There's some strong, deep emotion that comes from your joy, It's a little perplexing, isn't it? Why would the Bible say that people are going to be fearful, like afraid of this? Here's the only conclusion, and you're welcome to submit some additional, but I struggled with this thought, like, why fear? Why is that the word that is used here? And here's what I think. I'm not dogmatic about it, but I think this. We tend to fear that which we don't fully understand. And for a person to look at the life of a believer. And first of all, okay, so wow, he's got something new. There's something vocal that this person is sharing. Like, wow, that's, that's out of this world. That's not normal. That's not natural. This is something different. And And not only is he saying something, not only is there something vocal. I mean, this is impacting him in a way that I tend to think is genuine. There's something real. There is a reality about what they're experiencing that is I don't know how they're doing that we tend to fear that which we don't fully understand we won't take time to turn to it but you remember the story of the Philippian jailer the 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 story is detailed in in the book of Acts when Paul and Silas they they cast out this woman from her demonic possession and and now they're they're beaten they're thrown in jail and what do they do they start to sing, there's a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. And so they start at midnight, they sing and they're offering these praises to God. Th- this is something that like, how in the world? Okay, then the, 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 the earth shakes, their, their bonds, their stocks fall from their, their feet, from their hands, the doors open. I mean, this is miraculous, and now this is tragic to the jailkeeper, and he's about to fall on his sword. And instead of, you know, saying, hey, that you're about to get what you deserve. And instead of saying, wait until he does it, and then we're all heading out. They say, wait, don't stop. You know, and they stop this guy from falling on his sword. And what does he do? He comes trembling before them. Why? And I, the only thing that I can think of is he has no idea how in the world can these men that we have beaten and physically been abusive to, how, first of all, can they sing and praise God? And then why, why are they treating me in a way so very different from how I have treated them? He just couldn't understand it. What is it that happens what does what the world begin to perceive when there's something vocal about what God's done? Something, something visual, like, wow, they see it. Something visceral, there's something very emotional. And then we would say there, the, the final result is there is something vital that God has done. Many shall see it and fear and, what's the next little phrase? Trust in the Lord. This is the vital thing about this whole passage. Like, okay, um, there's a new song. I've I've got something new. And you're going to see the reality. It's not just going to be lip service. There is life service to this. And wow, this is is something that produces this strong emotion, this visceral emotion in the lives of other people. And, And then there's this vital conclusion of, listen, I want what you have. And you know, church, for it to really be, be what it's supposed to be, practices this little, this little snippet of, of just a verse in Psalm. We're supposed to practice this all the time. Jesus said something to his disciples that, that if they hadn't seen it, I don't suspect they would have wanted it. He said, these things in John 15, 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. I, I believe that the disciples must have seen something in Jesus that they then desired for themselves. Wow, if I could have that kind of joy and he's saying he's left that for me. Church is really messy if we're known more for what we don't do and what we stay away from than what we willingly embrace. Do you know if campus church is only known for, well, those are the people that don't do this and they don't do that, and yeah, you no know, no no, they don't, they don't do, they don't do anything. If that's what we're known for, as opposed to those people have a distinct joy that is literally out of this world. You know, I think sometimes people respond to fear with anger. Uh, For example, have you ever scared your wife and she slapped you? You know, (laughs) like, ah, you know, because she's startled or whatever. And, And I think sometimes people respond to fear with all kinds of different angers or emotions or responses. But ultimately, they are watching visually. They're watching with some visceral response. Something that you have that they don't. You know, we, we, we at Campus Church have so many unique privileges and opportunities, many. We're, we're, every church is unique to its place, its opportunities, its position, but Campus Church certainly is that. Um, shortly, we'll, we'll, I trust, have opportunity to maybe explore this thought further, but we have a, several college students in here right now. Many of you are working this summer, and we're glad you're here we're about to have, you know, in, boy, just a matter of weeks, we're going to have a place that's filled with students that come from backgrounds and places and settings and churches that are so varied. And if we're not careful, sometimes sometimes the difference can frustrate us and bother us. And and it's not as comfortable or convenient. And And somebody does this or they're not doing that. And And I I wonder if at times we're not so focused on making sure that everybody is doing that, that it actually diminishes joy that is supposed to be ours. The evidence of the Spirit, the evidence which is fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love I wonder if that's only love poured out on on that which we find lovely or if if Christ loved us while we were something other than lovely. So love joy joy many shall see it. And then peace. Ha, ah, I'm not ruffled, I'm not bothered, I'm not I'm not out of my you you didn't get it The opportunity to take from me, from some external thing, that which is generated by some internal thing, my relationship with Christ. So we're going to have a place that's filled with with lots of opportunity. And then I I suspect that, I don't know, tomorrow you're going to be in settings that, that are filled with wonderful opportunity. And it's not something you can just turn on. You just can't tell yourself to be joyful. All right, today, kids, we're going to church. We're going to be joyful. You know? It doesn't really work. You know, I've, Have you ever sang when you were a kid, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart? And the where was a really good question. Where? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you can't just tell yourself, come on now, let's all be joyful. Okay, campus church, what's our motto? Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Okay, so you can't, just, you can't just do that. You have to be that. So, you know, the more carefully we walk with the, the giver of joy, I suspect the more that joy wears off on us. Let's be consumed with him. Let's be consumed with that new song. He, he put a new song in my mouth. Many shall see it and fear. And what a wonderful conclusion and shall trust in him.